This podcast is sponsored by Safe House Rehab Thailand, the premier drug and alcohol rehab dedicated to enhancing the science of recovery. First, a plug for my sponsor, who has given me the opportunity to help the families and loved ones of alcoholics and addicts better understand the nature of the disease and what they can and shouldn't do about it, shouldn't try to do about it. We say in our podcast and blog that our primary goal is to help you make an informed decision at this critical stage of your life. Safe House Rehab Thailand represents the modern approach to recovery, founded on safety, which is why we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to intake and detox, technology, and aftercare. To learn more about our modern, advanced approach to recovery, we invite you to visit safehouserehab.com or send your questions and comments to info at safehouserehab.com. Hi, Bruno J. again, and this is episode three of season six already of Busting Addiction and Its Myths. Today, I'd like to welcome Adam, who is uh, a friend of mine and is in a, a very strong recovery program based in Pattaya. I want to tell you a little bit about uh, recovery, the recovery scene in Pattaya. There is an excellent club at Squaw Beach that is both an NA and an AA club. They have a meeting every morning at 9 o'clock and then meetings throughout the day. So that's, that is one center of recovery that attracts a lot of alcoholics and Narcotics Anonymous folks. There is another meeting that happens. It's called a Love and Tolerance Meetings in another part of Pattaya at a uh, very nice hotel location. And they have a meeting every day at noon all week long. So uh, the recovering community is pretty strong. And this is for anybody... Who, uh, who speaks English, whether you're from the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, or uh, a European country, or even South Africa. We have a few of those fellows as well. Thailand is one of the safest places in the world uh, today, uh, given the pandemic. It is also the center. It's the number one destination for medical tourism. So you have here, you have 70 million people in Thailand with maybe 3,000 cases of COVID and maybe something like 60 deaths. So it rises to the top of the world in terms of being a very safe destination. So with that, I'm going to uh, start with, with Adam. And Adam, welcome aboard. And tell us a little bit about your early life before we get going into your recovery story. Yeah. Um, hi, Bruno. Thank you for having me on board. Chance to share some of my uh, experiences. Yes, British citizen. I grew up in, in Dubai. I was, actually, I was born in Dubai in 1984. I'm 36 years old. Uh, I'm the youngest of my family. Uh, there's four. I have three other siblings. My dad moved to Dubai in 1979 from the UK. My parents are, grew up actually in Zanzibar, which is an island off the east coast of Tanzania in Africa. They moved over to the UK when they were very young. And so, yeah, my dad was in, in Dubai from 1979. I was born in 1984. And what was his have, profession when he was there? Uh, he's a chartered accountant. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, um, yeah, he did fairly well in, in both in the UK uh, and, and Dubai. It was a very new new country. Well, Dubai is one of the states and the, and the city. It's the United Arab Emirates. Right. I didn't have too much interaction with my father. He was very work-orientated. Okay. Uh, there was not much. He was hardly around. He spent most of his time at work, uh, and his focuses were there. Were there any signs or indications that Anyone in your family, whether it was your parents or your siblings, were involved in alcohol or drugs when you were growing up? 
No, I, I, looking back in hindsight, back then uh, I didn't see it. Okay. Maybe my, with my uncle, we just I just sort of thought he, he who's my da- my dad's father, who's okay. living out there as well with his family, uh, that he drank too much. Okay. It was never. But nothing. No. no right. Yeah. No okay. indication or understanding of alcoholism or okay. addiction. Okay. We just saw it as odd behaviour. Okay. Yeah. So my life growing up in 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 Dubai was very free. My mum was quite free with myself. I went to a British school. Okay. Uh, had very various groups of friends. I would also go. So on Sunday, I would go to church, and sometimes I go to temple as well, because okay. uh, I had different groups of friends. Uh, I would have my my friends from the streets where I learned how to speak Hindi. Okay. Uh, I had some a- Arabic friends, local okay. friends. I would also have my school friends, uh-huh. and then there would be the, the friends from from the mosque. Okay, so uh, exposure to a lot of different uh, types of people and beliefs. Yeah, so it, what language did you speak at home? At home, I spoke mainly English with a with the mix of Gujarati. Okay, which know, is from northern India, from the okay. uh, state of Gujarat. Okay, and that's originally where I would say my ancestry is from. Okay, but it does also date back to Yemen. Okay, um, <laughs> interesting. The, yeah, and the community I grew up in is probably about three at the moment, three point five to four million of us in the world. Okay, and we're a t- tight knit community, mainly based. Uh, so the majority of people who from this community, we practice Islam all over the world. But we are based in in business, so okay. we'd be in hardware business, plumbing okay. and sanitary business of wholesale uh, okay. and retail. Fairly affluent community, all right. On the whole, all right. So moving forward a little bit to past your early development age, toward your teenage years, when were you first exposed to alcohol and or drugs? So growing up as a kid, like I mentioned, it was quite free. I enjoyed myself. I went to to a good school. I got what I wanted. Right. Uh, I would say, yeah, um, uh, being the youngest, I was probably fairly spoiled. Good set of friends. I was very active in my sports all the way up to, to my teen years. There were a, f- a few instances now when I when I look back that I'm looking at through my recovery where I have uh, abandonment issues, which as a child I wasn't able to process. Growing up in Dubai, it's a very transient environment. Okay. So there were always people coming in and out of my life. Uh, and in, in that occurring to me, as in that happening, it, I sort of developed this distrust of people. Okay. But also, I could befriend someone, but now when I, when I look at it, if I meet someone, in my head automatically, I know they would be leaving with me. So it was okay. difficult for me to be, build intimate or deep connections with okay. people. And then there were there were a few violent in- instances as well when I, okay. I observed when I was a child. Okay. And as a child, I'd learned. I think this was around three or four years old. I'd learned. I call it sucking in, uh, sucking my tears back in, the ability not to cry. Okay. To show that. So hold your feelings in. Yeah, hold my feelings in. Um, I would express myself with, with, with joy, cheekiness. I was a jovial child. Though that was probably around four or five was the time where anger was starting to build. Okay. And then when I moved into... To and w- when you say anger starting to build, was this... What, what, how does... How, what was the anger about? Ultimately, where I'm at in my, in my recovery, what I'm looking at through the process of working the, the AA program and the steps is that I, I'm coming to see it's that identity of my personal identity and where I belong. 
Okay. So you didn't have a sense of belonging when you yeah. were growing up. Yeah. You felt, and you know, this is very common. Mm. Okay. I had a lot of friends, though I would always change my personality, even at an early age, to suit the environment that I was okay. in. Okay, that's common so too. Deep, so deep down, there was always this feeling of unsettledness. Okay, All right. So you were a chameleon. You could say, yeah. You know, well, I mean, a lot of people would say that about yeah. wanting to fit in and yeah. wanting to be like others or, or be liked by others, yeah. right? Was that a strong thing? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I used to like climbing trees as well, <laughs> hanging out. <in> <laughs> All yeah, right, so go where you want to go. Yeah, and um, growing up as well, going to the sort of abandonment area, I would have a maid. So my mom, I'm very close to my mom and my two sisters. Okay. Uh, and they were the, the, the majority. Uh, there's a big gap between me and my brother of 13 okay. years. All right. I always looked up to him, though we're not very emotionally connected okay. as brothers. Okay. Um, and they were, obviously through my addiction, there was a period where we lost touch. Okay. And yeah, the teen years were good. There was a, an instance where a family disturbance happened when I was 13 years old, where a very close family friend who I was who had also befriended me, had sort of let our family down and stolen a lot of money. And I'm very, the, the environment, I'm very, I would say, family-orientated uh, and care, cared about the ones who were close to me, which would be my family, my two sisters, and, and my mum and my dad. But I didn't feel the love for him when I look back now, and I was always craving that love okay. for my father. Right. Doing things to please okay. him, but never having anything in return. So... As I grew older, this this was where the anger was building, okay, the sense of got belonging, it. Okay. and also certain instances of, of bullying uh, within the, 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 the mosque environment in my okay. community. Right. So were you the, the bully or were you the object of bullying? I was the object of bullying. Okay. However, I would be the bully in other areas. Okay. So I never felt this sense of belonging in my community. Okay. However, I felt it was in uh, thrust upon me because okay. of what my parents knew. Got it. And that I had to be part okay. of it. Was and your entry into, uh, whether it was drugs or alcohol, how, how, did, how do you connect your experiences to your entry into drugs and alcohol? Was that a, did you sense that that was happening or how did you get involved? How did you get involved with drugs and alcohol? So I would say my first drug was nicotine. Okay. Um, At what age? At 12. Okay. Yeah, smoking shisha before okay. cigarettes. So okay. shisha, I think some people would know it as hubbly bubbly. It's very common. <laughs> yeah. All right. In, in, the, in the Middle East, it's okay. uh, smoking tobacco. Okay. Through, uh, I guess some people would call it a big bong. Okay. They, like they a do, hookah? Or, yeah, a hookah, yeah. basically. Okay. And they would sit out, we'd play cards uh, you know, outdoors, we'd eat food, play cards. And smoke. Chess, uh, backgammon, yeah, and just yeah. smoke. And okay. one hookah could last between half an hour to okay. uh, uh, an hour. Were there, was there alcohols being served in that, no, in that no. setting? No, no there, wasn't, there wasn't any alcohol. And this was, uh, I would say, that my introduction, me and my cousin used to go on his reef. Uh, on occasion, uh, he he would do butane gas. I sure. always felt I would hide it the fact that I I wouldn't do it, but then I would go back and do the butane gas on my own. Okay, what's that and do for was, you? It was uh, a buzz. Okay, it would it would give you an, an intense buzz where you were sort of just taken away. All right, um, only would this last. This is a new one on us. Yeah, on me anyway. <laughs> Have you heard of it? 
University. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. thought that if you if you inhale some butane and then lit it, it would like you would spew fire. <laughs> no, no? <laughs> I wish. There's room for humor in these maybe. podcasts, yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, <laughs> Why do you think this is that. all just like glum? <laughs> no, man, we have yeah, fun yeah. here. Yeah, it's, it's an a, education it's for me anyway. Hmm. Not that I'm going to try it now, but no, I hope you don't. Yeah. Yeah, it would be like doing nitrogen oxide. Okay, I got your nitrous oxide, laughing gas. gas. Yeah, laughing gas. Laughing gas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we call them basically creamers where we were. Yes, yeah. just like the canisters for the whipped cream <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. People have done that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling, I'm, fe- <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling a strong sense of not belonging. Okay. <laughs> um, so you go from there to what in yeah, terms would, of substance? In terms of substance, and at what age? To just so I started uh, doing. Um, butane at 13 okay i also i had my first drink when i was 13 so okay i started clubbing when i was 13 in dubai make okay in there. so you'd go to the clubs yeah. and bars yeah when okay. i uh, uh, was 13 and what's the what's the official drinking age over 21 okay so you passed for 21 at the age of 13 it was a lot freer, freer back oh, then. Oh, okay. So they didn't. Uh, they pay the turned bank. a blind eye. Yeah, they turned a yeah. blind eye and yeah. sometimes okay. paid bounces off. And okay, it was sort of a bit, a bit of a joke. Okay, <laughs> yes, in that sense. Okay, so, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, then I started doing glue. Okay. At thirteen, I I did have alcohol a few times. I wasn't really interested in alcohol, to be honest. What does um, glue do for you? Makes you high, right? Yeah. But, really high. Yeah. What's yeah, the compound in glue? What is it? What is it in? What's in there? No, I we don't. We don't know. No. Okay. Well, all right. Probably fit that That's all right. Yeah. I mean, it's this is about addiction and substance, mm-hmm. and no judgments at all. My addiction to to substances, nicotine, obviously carried on, and I would be smoking and doing shisha every day. Okay. The the butane and the glue was more of a a private thing. Okay. Um, right. An occasional thing. Yeah, occasional. And drinking at that age wasn't an interest to me. My friends okay. would drink. Okay, but I would I would hardly uh, drink. I was, to be honest, more interested in in girls. Uh, okay, how old were your friends? Were your friends older than you at this same point? age? Yeah. Okay, so, so they're all early young teens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I used to like my thrills from from stealing, and just uh, doing adventurous things in Dubai. And Dubai was quite adventurous, so climbing buildings, stealing things, or just just being naughty. I, right. I, we, me and my cousin, we, we were sort of partners in crime. We uh, we so you got a rush just, out of this. You got yeah. you, you got some adrenaline going, right? Yeah, stealing from supermarkets, from simple things like chewing gum. Ne- never anything big. It was more. Now when I look back, it's more. It was more for the, the anticipation, and then from that you get the the thrill, the adrenaline, okay. and then the endorphins of having to. Did you ever get arrested? Uh, no, I I was okay. luckily <laughs> never. You were got good. Arrested. He was good. He was good at what he did. <laughs> Yeah, well, I wasn't bad. <laughs> I can get away. It's pride in yeah. this now, okay. Yeah, I was good at shifting the blame. Uh, or Ooh. it was uh, quite a You learned early, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, That's the, funny. The sneaky ways of an addict. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, You're on your way. Yeah, there was, there okay. was some, some enjoyable right. parts. So okay. back then they would have uh, the flower show. I live near a area which were um, all florists. But they would keep all their, their flowers and their plants outside. So me and him would go around 2, 3 o'clock at night, pick, steal all the plants and go and plant them in other people's gardens. Okay. So Just for the hell of it. Just for the hell of it. All right, good. Went to Hug and Dars and I stole... They would uh, keep all their chairs outside. Because Dubai was a very, it, it still is a very safe place. Right. 
Okay. Uh, go into someone else's house and stole their slides and their uh, play pens and okay. brought it to my house. Okay. Let's say it didn't go down very sure, well with you, my parents. I was just going to say, how did you explain all this furniture? It was like, yeah, just being kids. We just yeah, thought okay. it was... And you're 13, I, I was able to, 14, 15, yeah, something like that. Yeah, my, my dad never would scold me. He always left that responsibility to my mum. But I okay. was very... My mum is an enabler. Okay. And I was able to... Get away with it. Get away with it. Right. Um, oh, he's just, being, he's just being a kid. What I learned is that generally children don't do things like that. To those extremes and they're still... <laughs> but, it was just the but thrill you didn't the know. Yeah, yeah. And I used to get into a lot of fights. Okay. Uh, because there was that, like I mentioned earlier, there was this seething anger that was building up and uh, okay sure 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 of uh, 12 when this instant where this family friend who i was very close to sort of betrayed the family and it felt like a betrayal to me when i look at it and that that was the releasing of my anger towards the world got it uh, and myself the feeling of unworthiness and at okay. the same time I, I was i had an instance with a taxi driver where i was felt up by the taxi driver and i think i was 11 or 12 and I get out of the taxi and I still paid him for the ride but I was furious at myself for not having reacted but I was unable to do so right okay so that had been sitting with me and I've never told anyone about that right until a year ago okay well so there's a lot of stuff going on in your background that you're still working through uh, mm. let me shoot forward to the first major time that you got involved in alcohol uh, which was I assume your first Alcohol being um, the drug of choice, mm -hmm. that it became a drug of choice? Yeah, it became okay. a, a... So tell me about that, that sequence of how you entered into that, into that world. And how old were you? What were the circumstances? Because yeah. it's really important mm -hmm. that we make the turn to the, you know, what it was like part of yeah. your life. Okay? So between the, as I, as I mentioned, I would, we would go back to England every summer holidays. And all okay. my friends from Dubai would also be there. And I went to my first rave when I was 15 years old. Okay. And that's where I, uh, I smoked uh, a little bit of um, hashish. Okay. Uh, didn't really think much of it, but I can't really remember it, to be honest. And then moved back. And then when I was 15 years old, I, I was told that the, I was doing my first year of GCSEs, which is, uh, I don't know what that would be equivalent. Uh, I was told, you have a two-year course, okay. 16, uh, 15 to 16 or 17. And at 15, I was told at the end of the year that I had to move to England with my mother okay. and be leaving Dubai. And I was very, at this point, I was getting very settled. Uh, it was enjoying my life as a teenager okay. uh, and moved to England. That was a very big shock to my, to my system. Uh, okay. So I've been working through st still because I'm still, uh, I'm in, tomorrow I'll be 22 months in, in sobriety okay. uh, and recovery. And yeah, so moving moving to England was was quite tough. And then I was. What year was that? And you were fifteen at the 1999. time. Nineteen ninety nine. Okay, got it. I was fifteen. Okay. When I moved moved to the UK. So tell me again, how did you enter and, into the world yeah, of alcohol? Yeah. <laughs> Come into the world uh, to fit in. Initially. But I mean, what age were you? What I was, was fifteen years old. Okay. And the circumstances. When was your first it? drink? What was the circumstance? Uh, went to a pub, so I was fi yeah, finally invited out by some some of the people in my year. Okay, so I went along, uh, desperate to make friends. Uh, so we went out on a Friday night okay. to a pub. Okay, and this pub would let underage drinkers in. Okay, um, 
and yeah, just got, <laughs> got hammered. Okay. And it, and it wasn't having, we went to drink to get drunk. I had had alcohol prior to that. So I sort of knew what I was getting into, but that was probably the first time I was I, I, I went for it. Did you have the intention to get drunk at that yes. point? You did. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you went to a pub to get drunk at the age of fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Good. 15, yeah. All right. That's the starting point. Okay. What happened after that? Uh, fast forward, and then it, we we would drink every day. Uh, okay. Sorry. Every, sorry. Uh, every weekend. Okay. All so right. So we always go, look to go to to bars or, or clubs and I'd started raving so every so often I'd go to raves in central London where there would be be a lot of drugs around uh-huh um, at the age of 16 I took my first ecstasy pill okay uh, at a rave okay and there it was just the progression I just thought this is what this is what, you, what, what it's you all do. about yeah right. yeah this okay. is what 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 you do uh my education my schooling was going well i thought i was settled all right. yeah. but there was always that feeling of unsettledness inside Got in it. terms of not belonging okay and so and when did it become trying, a problem for you with respect to school when i moved to to england i had to go a year behind my plan was always to go to university all right uh, 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 and it was to become a dentist. Okay. Uh, I applied to three universities, sorry, four universities, got into three to do dentistry. Okay. During this time, my first year of A-levels, uh, that's when my drug taking took off. And How old were you at that time? 19, 20? At that time, I would have been 18. Okay. And that's when my, my alcoholism took off uh, okay. and drug taking. Uh, smoking weed every single day. Okay. Drinking... Both marijuana you're talking about, right? Yeah, marijuana. Drinking both days on the weekend, and during the week we probably two, three times. Okay. Spending a lot of time out on the streets, just wandering around, going from friend's house to, the, to friend's house. Okay. Hanging so, out, doing dope and drinking. Yeah, All basically. Right. Okay. Uh, so you, still, you had anger going. Yeah, yeah. You had a lot of anger going, yeah. yeah. And then my first year of A-levels, I ended up basically getting uh, Fs and Us. Okay. So the school had a policy where you had to have minimum three C's and I was kicked out. Okay. Or discharged. Got it. And in doing so, I was very angry at the college because it was a public school. Also, there were other people in there who got less than me um, who were allowed back in. Okay. So there was this building resentment. And then, okay. then I went to another uh, college. Okay. Primarily dealing with just A-levels uh, and I completed uh, uh, my levels in, in two years, but during that time I started drinking my drinking and drug taking. Did you try to dealing. stop at anyone at any point? No, no, no. You just kept going? Yeah, I just kept going. Okay. I just thought I, will, I could get through it. Okay. I never saw it as a problem. Ah, okay. We, it, I mean, I go to a rave once in a while and say, okay, you know what, I'm not taking pills or uh, I'm not going to do cocaine. Um, okay. And that had also started around when I was 17, doing cocaine. Okay. So then, then what? Now you're in a new university. Did you graduate? College. College, rather. Yeah. College. Yeah, I got my A levels. Okay. Uh, I didn't get the grades to go to dentistry, though. Through a system of clearing, uh, I still went to university up north in England, uh, to University of Leeds, which is a very good university. Okay. Yeah, I chose to do uh, sports science. Okay. I was a heavy smoker, heavy drug taker, heavy drinker. And I chose to do sports science. Oh, very good. Yeah. 
Perfect. And first year at university, it was just, again, all the same, making new friends, going out clubbing, raving, doing a lot of drugs. And now I'm, I'm more or less drinking every single day. Okay. And, and smoking marijuana every single day, early in, from waking up till, till going to bed. Okay. Use it to wake up, use it to go to sleep. Did you see it as a problem at that point or no? No. No, okay. So no problem in your head. Right. Did you think this is like how everybody lived, or what was your perspective? You didn't think about it, right? You had friends that did the same thing. Yeah, I, I, to, to be honest, I'd convinced myself there probably was this feeling inside that there is a problem. Right. Though I'd convinced myself this is the way that other people live, okay. and that I'm going to live the way, this way for the rest of my life. Okay. Or, or and it would be very, it would fluctuate because sometimes I would also say. Oh, when I leave uni, I'm not going to do this. Once Got I get it. a job, okay. I, I get a house and 2.5 children. And <laughs> okay. No, this is very so important cool. stuff. Uh, okay. But you stuck to it, though. I, I did got, stick you to You got to give yourself some credit, don't you think? I mean, six yeah. years. For, my, I had a brother who took seven years to do a four-year program, so mm. this is nothing. My daughter took yeah. five years. I mean, this is nothing terribly unusual. Mm. And what? you stuck to oh, it, right? Yeah. While I was at university in my second year, I did feel that something was going wrong with me and I was becoming very depressed, so I'd started antidepressants. Tune in next week for the next episode of Busting Addiction and Its Myths, where we now have our weekly episodes titled by topic for you to search and download at your leisure, all in the interest of busting some myths and bringing you the truth about the face of addiction and alcoholism today.